Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today, Peter's got a guest on the show and they're going to be talking about residential solar energy with George Wood, who goes by Woody. I found out that before we hit the record button. Very pleased to meet him. Peter, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How about yourself? I'm... I'm ex- I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm kind of a geek on a lot of this tech stuff, and I've I've looked into solar energy. I've looked into wind energy and and, and that kind of stuff before. I'm just not uh, you know obviously I don't know a ton about it. Uh, but my my really my first question is what does solar energy have to do with financial planning, Peter? I'm I'm trying to draw this connection here. <laughs> well, like a lot of my topics, of they're they're they are all all tangentially related, I think anyway, at least I Mm -hmm. draw the connection, you know, in the last, uh, we've previous podcasts, we've talked a lot about stewardship. Um, Yes. I had a recent uh, conversation with uh, the minister at the Unitarian Church of Sharon about stewardship and, uh, you know, stewardship is about taking responsibility and taking care of something. Uh, And and many of our listeners consider themselves, you know, the financial stewards of of their family's financial world. Uh, and and I, I think they want to be good stewards of their wealth. And, and I think they also want to sustain this, this standard of living through retirement. They want to provide for next generations. Uh, but I also think there's a profound awakening amongst many of us that we also need to be stewards of our, our, our physical world and we need mm-hmm. to protect our environment. Uh, I know m- my children uh, who are young adults are thinking about this every single day. Uh, and I think we, our generation needs to do a better job uh, moving us forward. If we don't do better, I think it's going to be a, a less, a more difficult and less appealing place to live, frankly. Uh, so I, I think solar energy is all about the future. It's all mm-hmm. about, you know, being, being stewards of our environment. And if we can be less impactful as far as the environment is concerned, I think we do an important uh, we, 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 we do an impo- we do important work for our community and for our f- our families and for our grandkids. Okay, I get it now, and that makes it even more important. So the, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this conversation. Uh, you know, and I am too. I um I'm a little bit behind on on the curve of of of, of our future energy needs, and and I'm thinking that. You know, with global warming, our summers are going to be longer and hotter. I think we'll still have cold winters. I think there's just going to be a lot of volatility, not only in the in the stock market, but also in the weather market. <laughs> We're going to continue to see this. I, we'll probably be, be, be driving more electric vehicles. We'll be using heat pumps for, for our heat and for our air conditioning. Uh, we'll use less coal. We'll, you know, we'll see about nuclear energy. I, I think there's there's a lot that we can do better on. And I think, I, I think there's a trend um, that, that we just need to embrace. Uh, and, and, and renewable energy is, is a big one, solar, wind. And I think that's a big part of our, our energy supply. 
and I want to learn more. I want to learn more about solar. So I got referred to Woody, uh, and I'm so excited to have this conversation. I, 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 he's got an interesting story, so I'd like to hear that. But uh, he also has some important things to tell us about uh, uh, home, home and, and solar energy. So, so, Woody, welcome to our podcast. Thank, thank you, Peter. I'm, I'm pleased to join you and, and uh, Eric, and I look forward to our conversation. Thanks. So I love to hear about people's stories. Um, tell, tell, tell us more. Tell us, tell us about your story. Uh, why do you do what you do? How do you do it? And who do you do it for? Well, Peter, I, I trace my passion for renewable energy um, and for energy efficiency to my roots in Bangor, Maine, where I grew up, a small town, uh, central Maine. And I spent a lot of time outdoors, uh, canoeing, hiking all through the state of Maine, and just developed this real passion for being outdoors. And as I grew older, I, I, I was aware that, gee, um, us humans need to maybe use less of the resources in our environment and maybe take a little bit better care of it. So, um, and my other roots in Bangor come that good old frugal New Englander, which I'm sure, Peter, you can relate to. And I can. With your, <laughs> with your clients. So uh, the, the nice thing about uh, solar and energy efficiency, it also saves a buck, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to a little bit later on. But my roots really turned me into an environmentalist. And I was lucky enough, uh, moving to Portland and eventually to the Boston area, to start working in energy efficiency. So for 12 years, I did nothing but energy auditing and retrofitting of, of the commercial and residential structures. And through uh, luck and a series of jobs, I moved into wholesale power and eventually into renewable energy and then spun off my own consulting practice which I have been doing for 19 years. And that focus has been exclusively on grid scale or large uh, renewable energy resources, such as wind and solar uh, and other, even, even a tidal client, uh, anaerobic digestion, all, all sorts of renewable energy. And I've been so lucky that my clients actually pay me to help them build wind farms and solar arrays. So I pinch myself um, so much. So I was an early adopter in the Massachusetts residential program. So that's a little bit of my background, Peter. Well, that, that's great. I, 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 it's so important. And, and we need people that are, are thinking ahead and are sensitive to, you know, our, 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 our needs and our kind of the, you know, what, what, what our planet needs. It's just, I can't think of anything any more important. So, you know, the, the, the large scale renewable energy uh, projects, I'm sure are real exciting, but you know, most of our clients are, 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 are residential homeowners and um, not all, but, but some of them are asking about what they can do around their home. I know we talk about it, my family uh, and, and many of the people that we associate with also talk about it. What can they do? Well, I'm, I'm glad we're moving to residential. Um, that's actually my roots in energy efficiency. I actually did home energy audits for two years in suburban Boston and basically taught myself 
about boilers and insulation and water efficiency and and uh, and all the aspects of operating a home to reduce uh, your energy efficiency. So what I say to my friends when they say, I want to do solar, Woody, I say, okay, let's have a conversation about the energy efficiency of your home. Have you had an energy audit, which is often free or subsidized by your local utility? And if you haven't get that done, bring it to me and I'll help you decide what to do next. And it's amazing how many people haven't weather stripped their front doors or sealed their attics or maintain their boiler in their basement or set back their thermostats. It's just amazing. Even today, how many people haven't done that? So first step is get your home using the least amount of electricity, gas, oil, whatever you use as possible. Then let's have a conversation about solar. So let's assume that um, our home is efficient as it's going to get. <laughs> the audit's been helpful. We've gotten a lot of uh of free light bulbs and and good advice. <laughs> what are the what are the other basic things that uh, someone should be considering when thinking about solar for their home? Well, some of this is very obvious, and for anyone who's been talking with uh, neighbors who have solar or reading newspapers, some of the basics, of course, are let's think about your roof. Um, is the roof anywhere near south facing? Um, and it doesn't have to be perfectly south, but is it is it close to south or 10 to 15 degrees off? That's the first thing. It does it have close to the right angle to maximize on your uh, your solar gain. And the other very basic thing is when is your next roof job? If you're 15 years into your current roofing, well, you probably ought to get a new roof before you put a brand new solar array on top and have to take it off to re-roof in five years. So um, check out your roof. Then I'd like to say to people, um, let's do some data collection. Um, grab your electric bills, not for one year, but for two to three years. Just give me an approximate kilowatt hours per year so we know um, what, uh, what your usage is. Then let's together examine the incentives. There are all sorts of incentives. We'll get to this in a little bit uh, from your utility mandated by the state directly from the state. And there's even some federal uh, incentives. And of course, if any of your clients or the listeners are in homeowners associations, it may go without saying that you need to check the homeowner association rules and guidelines and often may involve going to the, uh, to the board of directors. And lastly, how long are you going to be in your home? Um, are you retiring and moving to an extended uh, 55 and older community? Or did you just move in? Or do you think you're going to get relocated? You really need to be in your home for some duration in order to make this uh, a financially prudent decision. Uh, of course, it's always the environmentally prudent decision to do this. So those are a few things that, that I would tell a friend uh, to look at uh, if they're considering solar for their house. So it seems to me like the, the, what you're trying to get at uh, doing this kind of this data gathering uh, is, is to understand what you're paying now 
and what your savings might be and therefore what the what the payback period is. Can, can you give absolutely. us any rough numbers relative to that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course, given this is uh, a podcast focused around return on investment and prudent <laughs> financial investments. Exactly. Um, I, I tell I, my friends call me a solar zealot. So uh, I tell them also, this is a great in almost all cases, if you have the right setup, it's a great financial investment. Uh, first, a, a quick story. I was an early adopter in Massachusetts when they had a really sweet deal mandated by the state for solar. And I was able to put in uh, a, a solar system that met over 100% of my annual electricity consumption, and I got my money back in 3.4 years. That it was a crazy great payback. But I'm telling you, you can't quite get that right now. I won't get too wonky on you. I'm happy to talk later about some of the more specific uh, details but let's assume an average house, average consumption. I'm putting this house in Massachusetts, um, but this would go for pretty much anyone in New England. And these installations cost in the neighborhood of 20,000, but could be as much as say 25 to 30, depending on your consumption. Um, the first thing you need to know about um, this as a great deal is that there's a 26% federal tax credit. Now, Peter, I know you would tell your clients there's a difference between a credit and a deduction. The credit comes right off the top of your tax payment. Um, and that's a huge reduction uh, in the cost. And then if you're in Mass and many of the other New England states, you can get a state rebate on your taxes of up to $1,000. So, Already, this uh, this twenty thousand dollar, you know, typical or or hypothetical investment is already down to thirteen thousand eight hundred dollars, and and you haven't even you know started building it. Um, so if we make some standard assumptions for the cost of electricity and in New England, and it's gone sky high. Don't wind me up about natural gas in New England driving electricity costs. I'll bore you silly. But suffice it to say that electricity in New England is crazy expensive, and most of your listeners are complaining about it this very moment. So if we assume some average electricity cost and you factor in some wonky acronym state uh, rebates that I won't get into, we're looking at a payback in Massachusetts for as low as six years. Now, Peter, would you consider that a good investment for your clients? I do. You know, if they have the cash flow for that initial investment, I think that's fantastic. Seems to me like a, uh, as you said earlier, if their intention is to be in the house for a long time, their roof's in good shape. Um, that's not a bad investment. That's a good investment. Well, that, that's good to hear from a, a professional financial advisor. I made the right decision. Thank yeah, you, no, you did, especially, especially a three and a half year uh, payback was pretty darn good. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. Are, um, are there any other economic benefits to, to installing solar other than that, that oh, yeah. you know, seven year payback? Yeah, yeah, it only gets better. Um, I, I did just refresh 
my, uh, uh, my information a little bit before this conversation. And I've found some reputable sources that say that when you resell a home that's got a solar array that's roughly matched to the size and consumption of the house, um, that it can increase the value, the resale value of your home by 4%. Hmm, that's significant. I, yeah. So you'd have to pick your uh, pick your number, uh, add that to, if you will, savings if you eventually sell it. Um, and this becomes a very attractive financial incentive, not just the environmental decision. Sure. You know, and I know there are other options to install solar other than Owning it, owning the solar system, uh, having the owner of the house own the sol- the solar system. Could you talk a little bit about what other options there are? Yeah, yeah. And and if anyone's listening, please listen to this. Mm-hmm. If you get a proposal to have a no cost solar system, hit the brakes quick and call Peter, and Peter will call me and we'll talk you out of it. <laughs> yeah. If there's a uh, or if there's someone saying, I have a juicy, sweet lease to offer you, hit the pause button and rethink. Um, I've told many a friend that even if they don't have the cash, and of course, they would have to go to someone like you, Peter, to make this final, final financial decision. But if they, if, if they meet uh, certain financial stability requirements, as you would set forth for your clients, um, and they can either take out a personal loan or a home equity loan if they don't have the liquid cash. I would strongly urge urge them, my friend or your clients, to pay for this themselves. The return difference is remarkable. And what this amounts to is an upfront payment for extended savings. These systems will last for roughly 20 years. They will lose about a half a percent of their production capability a year. Not a big hit, but it's cumulative. So over the course of 20 years, these systems will save you know, $30,000, $40,000. It's massive. So it's worth it to pay that upfront, even if you have to take out a loan, uh, because you will begin to get these two dollars to $3,000 savings right in the first year. If there is more energy um, generated in, in a specific time, don't you sell that back to the, to the utility? Absolutely. So to get just a little bit wonky, most of the states have mandates that do one of two things. Either if you overproduce, um, it, uh, it goes to the grid. It, it all goes to the grid anyway. But if you overproduce... Um, you, you can bank it, um, and the meter will track what you overproduce or underproduce and credit you, uh, say, in the middle of the night when you have some electricity in this kind of imaginary bank. What we're seeing recently, though, in some states is where there's a set price set by the utility under the uh, regulations from the state. Um, where they fix a price for any additional kilowatt hour produced that is not consumed by the household. Um, but even in either of these cases, the investment is very attractive. Now, y- you don't want to 
over overproduce. And if you work with a good installer, they'll help you size the system for your house. Um, but also, if I could add, one of you mentioned earlier about electric vehicles. Now, I own a, a Chevy all-electric Bolt, which I love, and but I bought that in year eight of my 10-year in my solar array. So I was a little bit oversized on my solar. Um, but once I started charging my all-electric vehicle, I used up all that available banked energy and started to buy from the grid. Hmm. So um, people need to um, accommodate what is likely to be uh, an all-electric car in their driveway, if not now, uh, within five years. And Peter, uh, we could do a whole podcast on electric vehicles. I also am quite wound up on that subject. Too. Oh, good. Well, that's another <laughs> podcast. I, I am really interested in, in that, too. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a terrific way to go. Yeah. Uh, just a, a question. I've, I've heard about adding battery storage as, as part of the, the solar installation, because if it's not, if it's not uh, the sun isn't shining, that could be a problem. And you're in, you're in Maine much of the year. Uh, or all the all all the year we're in Massachusetts. We don't get sun all every day. What do you think about uh, battery storage? <laughs> well, I I certainly applaud the concept of battery storage, and I believe strongly uh, of its role in the future for both the wholesale power markets and commercial and residential. So I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, before they get smarter about the uh, the metals and, uh, and materials in the battery, about the battery life, and eventually bring down the cost of the battery. But I will say right now, and I made a phone call to a good friend who sells solar arrays um, and has uh, been asked by customers about batteries. And we had a long conversation. It was great to chat with him. Um, you can get them. The residential batteries are on the market. Um, several very reputable brands can be purchased. But even after the state rebates, uh, the payback tends to get up around 12 plus years for the battery alone. Mm. But remember, the battery for some, especially in remote areas, say in Maine, serves not just to flatten out the production uh, and usage from the solar electricity, but um, it also serves when the power goes out and the yeah. tree has fallen on the line. So, so people need to think about why they're doing it. In Metro Boston, you know, where I live, um, it's pretty reliable. We don't get as many outages as we used to. Right. Up here in Maine, where I am for the summer, Oh, I plan on two or three uh, every summer. Huh. Now, I don't. I don't have a battery or a propane emergency generator, um, but um, it's coming. And and uh, I would urge you and your listeners to watch it closely and be ready to take the dive when it becomes more economical. Well, that's that's good advice. I appreciate that because I was I've, I have looked at, at at solar for my house. And, and that's where I'm at right now. I know I want to do it. I know it's economically um, uh, a positive. My question is, how do I find the right installer? Because there's, it, it seems overwhelming to me. 
Well, you, you raise an excellent point, Peter. Um, because this is relatively new to the residential market, and for that matter, to what I call grid scale or large batteries, um, the commercial installers, the businesses and their technicians are just not as trained up on this as they could be. Now, uh, this is like any new or emerging, emerging technology uh, or equipment. So, yes. Uh, however, there are the leaders, there are the companies that got into batteries early. And by that, I mean for homeowners, say, two to three years ago when it was you know, really cutting edge back then. And so it will take some hunting more than, you know, looking for car dealerships, certainly, but it will take some hunting. But there are installers out there who have some experience with batteries in homes and have been through the maintenance and operations. That's the key piece that you find out from an installer um, what is his oldest residential battery installation. If it's three years, four years, then this person, this man or woman has been through the installation hassles of a new technology and has been through the operation and maintenance uh, challenges that come with any new equipment. So let, let's say we, I, we, I take your advice. I decide I don't want to do the battery. What, how, how do I make the decision about about the actual installer? Well, if if you're speaking um, only of solar now, um, just solar, just solar, got it. Um, then this is not dissimilar for many homeowners than finding someone to say add a garage to your property or in in looking for a contractor. So some of this will sound fairly routine. Obviously, get multiple quotes. I recommend a minimum of three, and make sure. Uh, I don't know how many people have made this mistake, even, even in buying, you know, putting on a garage, make sure the contractors are quoting on the same size and the same equipment so you can compare apples to apples. Yeah. Um, it's really difficult. So this may take time. In interview three, four, five, have them come out, pick their brains. You know, they'll all narrow in on a size for you and then say, okay, that's it. 6KW, that's the size. Give me a quote on that and uh, begin to build a specification as you teach yourself uh, about your house. Get references, obviously. Get fresh ones and call them. How many times do people give references and they don't call and ask good questions um, and make sure then when you call the references, that they're installing a similar size system, similar arrays, hopefully brand names that are similars. Ask about warranties on the labor, really important. Will they come back in a year or might they offer three to five year on the labor? And of course, the equipment and not just the panels, but the inverters and any other equipment associated with the installation of course, ask about their licenses, their insurance. In Massachusetts and many other states, there are now energy innovation centers, renewable energy centers in Massachusetts. It's the Clean Energy Center, Maine, uh, Connecticut. All, all the New England states have them. Um, call them. 
look and see what their tips are um, and any lists they have of any installers. Request training. I think because this is new to most homeowners, um, make sure that the installer takes the time to teach you about the system and take good notes. Um, and another thing that's really important that people often overlook is make sure you get free web access to your array. Now, your array is going to be, uh, through its wiring, connected to the internet. And you'll sign the paperwork to make sure. And the data from your production is going to be sent to a server, which will process it and make it into easy to read data. I have this for my system. And so you can, you can access this at any time. And the other really critical piece about this is often people will only get web access for their production. But in the beginning, I asked for data on my consumption because going back to my roots, energy efficiency. Energy efficiency comes from awareness of the use of energy. So if the homeowner is seeing how much he or she is using and what is producing, you get great bar graphs, but you're also going to get homeowners that say, wow, my electric consumption is crazy and I didn't have the, the AC on. What is going on? It's a broken freezer. Um, so it's always good to get that. And, um, and dig in a little bit on the panels. I know this is a lot of homework for some people. But um, there's a lot of literature out there about the best panels um, and the medium quality panels. Um, take some time to, to grill the installers that come to you. And remember, they're going to tell you the panels they're installing are the best. Be prepared, but get multiple quotes. Do the research yourself on the web. I could go on and on, Peter, but I hope that's helpful. That is really helpful. It's, it's great to have a list, and, and I, I've been taking notes, and I'm going to sit down with my, my wife uh, this coming long weekend. It's July, July 4th weekend coming up, and, and we're going we're gonna to move forward with this because it's just uh, I think that's been great. on the mind. Yeah. So, I think that's great. You know, it's, it, it makes economic sense. We're going to be in our home for a while. We got a fairly new roof. It's in good shape. I don't see why we, we, we don't do it. So it's just a matter of taking action and doing it. So I think I, go for it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think it is too. Uh, Woody, this has been really, really interesting. And I'm going to take you up on your offer to, to have a, a conversation about uh, uh, electric vehicles, because that's another, <laughs> such an important topic. Uh, many of our clients are 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 concerned about these things and uh, and I know they're asking the same sorts of questions and you've been just so helpful in putting this together and uh, I, I appreciate your insight. Well, I'm I'm really happy uh, to have this conversation with you and of course my ulterior motive is that maybe a few more people will get solar on their homes. Maybe that will reduce the use of natural gas in New England for the production of electricity, and uh, maybe we'll reduce the impact of uh, our residential uh, building stock on the environment. Um, so I, I hope people uh, take the next step and seriously check this out. We would, uh, and I should have asked you before the podcast began, but um, 
if if any of our listeners have any questions, can they relay those questions to me? And then I can ask you uh, those questions and get back to them. Gentlemen, this has been fantastic. Peter, uh, if people do want to reach out and, and ask you questions that you can pass along or get them connected, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, probably, uh, certainly my direct line, 617-728-7433. Uh, my website has got all our contact information, raskinplanning.com. And uh, uh, yeah, please reach out. And I, I just think this is such an important and, uh, and timely uh, subject. And I hope people, I hope people uh, explore it for, it for their own, own purposes. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I was just reading about Lake Mead, um, the issues that they're having out there with the Hoover Dam and, and electricity production and all that. I don't think there is any better time to talk about free energy. And I say free, you know, with the caveat or the asterisk there, we, you were talking about the investment side of things, but there is no more energy. important time. Exactly. Sustainable. Thank you. That That's exactly what this is, you know? And so I love it. I love that you brought this to the forefront. I'm really excited about the electric vehicle uh, conversation in the future. Woody, we're going to hold you to it. I hope you don't mind. No, I'm here. Be glad to be glad to chat about it anytime. All right. Well, thank you for your time today, and of course, Peter, thank you for um, always bringing on amazing guests and facilitating this. And our last thank you, of course, goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealth Is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. We humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp., a broker-dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.